There's a chapter section in my book called When the Other Shoe Drops. And what I was referring to in this section is that many people, uh, whether they're interested in spirituality or not, or awakening or not, or even believe any of this is, is true or real, many people have experienced this where through some means, even just total happenstance, but sometimes through the use of a psychedelic substance or um, even a near-death experience or uh, some sort of trauma or some tragedy in life or some disruption in the apparent continuous perception that you are uh, living a life in the way you think you are. Things go the way you expect them to. You know what's what. You know who you are and where you are. You know what all this is about. And most importantly, you know what to expect, that things will go the way you expect them to or want them to. When there's a disruption in that, um, even for a moment, we often feel an expansion, something vast, something infinite, even eternal, meaning outside of the experience of time. This can last a short time and this can last a long time. But when we get this experience of expansiveness, often we conclude, whatever that was, I want more of it. It was astounding. It was a game changer as far as your understanding of what kinds of experiences are available to you. Um, and these experiences often are followed by a few days to sometimes weeks of sort of peace and equanimity that you're not used to and not really caring too much about the things you usually worry about and concern yourself with. And yet life goes on. You often don't stop doing whatever it is you occupy your time with and, you know, go to work and go to school and do the things you do, but things get lighter. There's not a strong sense that I have to control everything and keep imagining the future a certain way to make it be that way and all of it, right? That just calms down a lot. And what's revealed when that calms down is a certain kind of peace. So again, this has happened to many, many people I've met, even completely outside of spiritual circles. It can happen quite randomly, uh, but sometimes it happens with certain kinds of practices or activities that can lead to it. So uh, this chapter section called When the Other Shoe Drops, what I was describing is that once this happens to you, um, you've opened up a lot of space, let's say, for experience. I'll use the term consciousness. You've opened up a lot of uh, space and consciousness. And what usually follows that, or often follows it, is something that's quite the opposite, like a contraction. Uh, or if I wouldn't call it a contraction, I might just say opening that space allows some repressed, often emotional material to come to the surface. Fear, anger, confusion, disorientation, frustration, shame, guilt, right? Sounds bad, but it is what it is. These are repressed emotional energies that we have avoided for so long. When we open up that much space, we sort of invite anything that's repressed or we expand our, our sphere of experience, which not only um, allows us to come into contact with expansiveness and the infinite and the eternal, but it also allows us to come into contact with the shadow, the shadow material, the repressed material. This is all lawful. This is how it's supposed to be, it's okay. But it can be very surprising when you move from this expansion to this like, you know, heavy, muddy, contracted space, this feeling of resistance, 
saying no to your experience, emotions you'd rather not feel, etc., etc. So I'm not going to spend this video going into all the details about how to work through shadow material and emotional material. I have a whole playlist on that. I also have uh, book chapters on this and so forth. So um, what I really wanted to say is that this can happen uh, to various degrees, but often the deeper our um, experience of stopping, stopping the usual mind um, momentum and the more expansion that often comes with, uh, the more we kind of start to go on a bit of a roller coaster ride where the next phase is that repressed material. And then somehow we move through that and let go again, and we notice some expansion. And that can sort of lead to this, this up and down roller coaster experience sometimes. Uh, it's okay when it does, it's just part of how this goes. Uh, but how to soften that, how to um, mitigate that to some degree is really what this video is about. So the first part is just understanding it's normal. And that may not sound like a big deal, but it's probably the biggest difference that's made when I interact with people around this is really getting them to truly accept that not only is this normal and lawful, it's it's got to go this way. You've got to see it all. You've got to feel it all. At some point, it's just all coming into consciousness. So um, welcome it. Do your best to welcome it, even when it's uncomfortable, even when part of you would rather not be experiencing it right now, it's here. So be okay with it to the degree you can. At least be willing to be okay with it. And again, knowing that it's normal, it's part of this process is really helpful. Uh, it goes a long way toward that. Now, I will say one of the worst things, probably the worst thing uh, you can do here, and I've seen people do this a bunch of times, and I really don't recommend it. And I always try to, <laughs> talk them out of it, but it's it's knowingly trying to fight this process. Now, I know a lot of people watching this are thinking like, why would you do that? Or it's that's not me. Um, but there are people watching this probably who have done that. <laughs> and no, it's really, really not a good idea. It's brutal. Uh, you're, you're fighting something that's infinitely beyond you. It's not gonna work. And it will cause untold dysphoria it will make it very, very difficult um, to move through this process. And will even make it difficult to just live your life as usual because you're gonna be resisting everything. If your um, insight has shown you that that world of me and mine and what I want and where I think sh things should be and being in mental control, if, if it's shown you that that's not real, you can't make that real again. It's not gonna work. There's no way you can make that real again. You can, you know, kick your feet, stomp your, stomp your feet, shake your hands. I don't know, um, but get upset about it, rail on it, complain about it. It doesn't matter. It's not going to budge. Nothing's going to make you really feel better until you accept it. So that's good news. The power is in your hands. So this is a subset of people, but it's a very real phenomenon. And I really, I feel really bad for people who do this because they don't realize it. And then even sometimes when I tell them, they don't want to hear that because part of them still wants to believe they can be in mental control and yet they know they can't. So don't fight yourself and don't fight something that's infinitely beyond yourself. It's just not a good idea. So to overtly go to war with this process when it starts to unbind 
when everything starts to unbind, when you start to feel these expansions and contractions, uh, it's just not a good idea. So that's the first part. <laughs> um, accept it, understand, yes, this is how it goes. Um, I will be as willing as I can. And sometimes that's just an affirmation, just saying, hey, this is uncomfortable, whatever's here right now, but I'm gonna give it space. I'm gonna give it time and attention. I don't know what it is. It feels contracted. It feels like a tension in my chest, a tension in my gut. But let me just put my attention there. There are sensations, they're vague. My attention wants to bounce back into my mind and talk about this, describe it, get angry about it. Analyze it. Look for a solution to it. That's all mind. Those are thoughts and those are okay. Come back down into the sensations. What do you actually feel there? Just feel it. Whatever it is, wherever it is, you'll always find it in the body. When there's a contraction, when there's repressed emotional material, whatever's there, you're gonna find it in the body. But once you start to touch into that, just notice the tendency to go into mind, which is any kind of labels, descriptors, conclusions, strategies, is strong. It will be strong at first, but just gently notice, okay, those are thoughts, and return your attention to the sensations. You'll notice that tendency to run away will weaken. It may not happen right away, but it will happen. You'll have the ability to actually remain in those sensations, in that sensation field. And then you'll start to come into contact with the more fundamental beliefs, like this shouldn't be here, or I can't relax here. I can't settle here because it's uncomfortable, right? These beliefs are goldmine if you really investigate them. What is the cost if you believe, and it's a belief, that because this is uncomfortable, I can't rest here and relax? Well, you won't feel rested and relaxed because it's uncomfortable. What if that belief weren't there? This is uncomfortable and I can rest and relax here. You can rest in discomfort for sure until you tell yourself you can't, but you won't notice you're telling yourself that. These are baked in to our uh, mental behavior patterns. So you have to slow down enough to see them. And then you have to take a little time to question them. So what would it be to be free of the belief that because this is uncomfortable, I need to be elsewhere. Because this is uncomfortable, I can't settle here. If you're free of that belief, well, then all of a sudden you can settle here. Whatever's here, you can settle. There's nowhere to go. And that, that's what you want. You want to be free of the need to go the need to run, the need to leave, the need to fight, the need to struggle. And I know you want that because once you see it, once you feel it, once you recognize that equanimity, you go, oh yes, yep, that's it. That's what I've been searching for, right? What is restlessness searching for? Rest. The restlessness often in this space is based on a misperception that things should not be the way they are. Now, what I just said over the last few minutes, don't overlook that. Re-listen if you have to, apply it. Put it into practice when you're feeling deeply contracted and it will change things for you. These are very fundamental beliefs, but they will make a huge difference in your experience, especially over time. 
Now, once you're clear there, once you can actually rest here, you have a really interesting opportunity to start to look at even that most fundamental perception of comfort versus discomfort, enjoyable versus not enjoyable. This is beyond where enjoyable or not enjoyable is habituated to I want it or I don't want it. So we can actually come into contact with something that's either comfortable, uncomfortable, neutral, whatever, and be free of the need to want it or not want it, to go into strategies, etc. But we can even penetrate further. Now we can penetrate what it is that actually makes something pleasant or unpleasant, comfortable or uncomfortable. Because we can look that directly. We're not being pulled by a leash. Our mind doesn't have us on a leash anymore, so we can penetrate even deeper. This is very subtle work, but it's powerful work. And at this point, you start to feel a certain kind of gratitude that you actually have the opportunity to, to look at something that was previously very contracted. There was a lot of resistance to it. There was struggle with it. There was a lot of interpretation about how terrible it is. Now you're just right there with it. Very granular, very deep, very precise and subtle. Alert and completely accepting and open to all experience. You could call this emptying the aggregates. The Heart Sutra points very nicely here, but some very powerful work can be done here. So that's kind of the cascade of how to work through this when you notice that roller coaster, meing and being when the other shoe drops. <laughs>